Hello, boys and girls. Thank you so very much for tuning into our human experience. We really appreciate the support. Uh, go ahead and do us a huge favor. Subscribe to the podcast. Share it with your friends and family. Let people know. Uh, we just want to spread the word and hopefully help some people out, give them something entertaining to listen to and some tidbits to bring back to their life. Thank you all so much. And without further ado, let's get started. <laughs> and we're live. Um, no, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on not wanting someone else's directive for me to make a choice, or like we're talking about today, not needing someone else's permission to do or not to do something. Yeah. Hey guys, welcome. Uh, glad you could join us today. Melissa and I are sitting and chatting a little bit about the idea of permission, giving yourself permission, not asking for permission. And how does that relate to some of the choices that we make, some of uh, the ways that we can encounter lessons and grow and kind of tying it back basically to personal responsibility, accountability. It's It all is very, very similar to me. Uh, to me, it kind of breaks into just, we're just talking about semantics here, we're kind of defining it differently. Mm -hmm. But it struck me recently when I found myself wanting to reach out to uh, a guide or a mentor of mine and ask what was really just kind of like a simple question. I don't even honestly remember exactly what it was. This was like a week or two ago. Um, but it, I, I stopped myself from doing it and just thought, Chad, you're a fucking adult. You can just make this decision <laughs> with the information that you have. You are you're aware of what's going on. You're not it's not you're not doing anything like irrational and why are you seeking someone else's go ahead or mm -hmm. approval or permission to do this thing? Yeah. Right? Well, I think what you said initially, the difference between asking for permission and giving yourself permission like that's a huge thing that we're going to dive into today and the difference in that and i think that society has a lot of rules for us whether you're a man a woman what you should be doing how you should be acting how you should be looking how you should be speaking and i think that a lot of people don't they don't think about just be showing up as their authentic self and be, you know, giving themselves that permission to do that. Yeah. And, and there, there ends up being this, one of the things that I've noticed at least recently, because I, I generally try to remember as a younger man, what sort of resources and things like that were out there. It's really hard to pinpoint because it's not as though I was necessarily looking for them sure. when I was 20 uh, in terms of coaching and personal development, I'm absolutely sure there's people that have been in the field for decades, so it it did exist. But to the extent that it exists today, I doubt it was as pervasive or as noticeable, right? Because of things like social media, the everyday person who's working at right. Starbucks can follow a whole bunch of personal development people, whereas that person, you know, if you're 
pouring coffee in a diner or something like that in 1997, yeah. you're probably not having a lot of access to the, the same sort of thoughts and the same sort of people Well, yeah, in your it life. was like, you know, I think on a much broader scale. So you'd go to like a conference and there'd be a motivational speaker and they would talk to a crowd, right? I think there's a lot more access one-on-one now where coaches are really digging in like legitimately personally with you. Well, and there's... I, my point is there's even more access from just the periphery of being able yeah. to watch and be a voyeur mm-hmm. uh, you yeah. know, via social media, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that because people are more interconnected, which is great, some of these budding professional coaches are now able to gain a little bit more traction and more notoriety. And they're able mm-hmm. to really specify who it is they work with because they can reach someone that might be across the globe or across the country or just across the street, yeah. right? So, and all these things are really valuable. And the reason I, I brought this up as it pertains to permission is I think one of the unintended consequences is that many people are now looking to forfeit their own ability to choose, their own mm-hmm. permission. They're looking to to kind of give up on their free will around their own their own choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that can be, it's not something that is being done intentionally necessarily or maliciously, but it is something that when I take a step back and I think about it and I reflect on like, why, you know, all these people know things that they need to do to improve their health or their relationships, or like, at least to some degree. Mm-hmm. They may not know the details necessarily, sure. but the a lot of the basic premises are there and a simple internet search could get yeah. you massive amounts of information think, that could be valuable, right? I think the problem is that most people aren't as introspective as they need to be. They're not taking the time to really focus on themselves internally. So they're looking to social media. They're looking to other places to kind of figure out what hole they fit in, right? Um, and I think that's problematic in the big picture. Yes. Yeah. And then and with that, you see people... Because they're not able to take agency for their own choices, their mm-hmm. own actions, whatever it's going to be. They're, they're waiting for their fitness coach to give them the exercise that they need, right? They're waiting for their, uh, their nutritionist or their doctor or their therapist. Mm-hmm. And, and this is not to downplay any of those roles because I do believe each of those roles I mentioned and many other people who find themselves in this sort of either mentorship or guidance uh, type coaching type position, Mm -hmm. however you want to define it, I think it's really, really valuable. It's valuable to to just have someone hear you out, take a different perspective to your situation and Mm -hmm. reconfirm some of the things that you probably already know. Yeah. And I think there's a difference between like guidance and giving someone the power, right? Like there's a um, woman I follow on social media and she talks about all the time about like becoming the CEO of your, she specifically says it about your health, but I think about just your life, right? Becoming Mm -hmm. truly that, you know, CEO, that person, the only person that has the final say, that doesn't mean that you're not gathering information from other places or seeking out mentors or looking for, you know, places of opportunity to learn and grow, and it also means that you have the final say and you're able to kind of show up as you need, not as your doctor said you should or as society said you should. 
Sure. Right? And I think, and like with many things, this is where it gets tricky because it's complex and a slippery slope. Working with a coach or a mentor or a guide can be really, really valuable, especially if whatever area of your life that you're focused on, on trying to grow or improve or evolve mm -hmm. in, if it's really challenging or you're just really stuck mm -hmm. or you're trying to break into a, a plane that you've just never even seen or had experience with. So if you use, you know, kind of the business analogy, mm -hmm. if you are a mom and pop t-shirt company in your local town and now you're trying to break into a larger market and you're going to start printing t-shirts for, you know, a large company and whatever the thing is, like right. that next level where you don't know necessarily what you don't know, you absolutely should seek out the counsel of someone who knows because the money you'll invest in that will pay itself off a hundred times over mm -hmm. in the stress and frustration and wasted time and energy and money mm -hmm. that you would have spent had you not had that advice in many cases, right? Sure. Um, and so I think there's certainly value in all of those things. And then where, as you pointed out, where it gets tricky is where you give up your own ability to choose for yourself, your own ability to grant yourself permission, right? And I, you know, I gave you an example earlier today when we were chatting that I thought was really simple. Like, um, my coach says I should meditate for 30 minutes a day. Is it okay if I only do 10 minutes a day because I with my schedule and my kids, I have to get up and like, this is the time that I have to do it. And if I can extend it to 30, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to double check mm -hmm. and make sure that 10 minutes is still okay. Like, guess what it is, mm -hmm. right? It, it, I used to give, um, clients on like rest days and things like that with their training, the prescription to go out in the woods and walk mm -hmm. for at least 30 minutes or so. And inevitably I always had to come back and tell them like, guys, I, I don't care if it was 37 minutes or 65 or 48. Mm -hmm. That's not the point. We're going out We're for about a half it. an hour, maybe longer. Mm -hmm. Don't bring your phone. Don't track your pace. None of that stuff. Right. Just be right. quiet with your thoughts alone in space. And it was, it was as though for many of them that they needed to report back this is what I did. This is what I did. Like to, to gain that approval. Mm -hmm. Do you see I did it? Like this is for you. Right. It's not for me. I don't need to, to know that you walked, you know, 2.3 miles this time instead mm -hmm. of 2.4 last time. I, did, I really don't care. Yeah. Right. I, I would care more about subjective feedback about how that felt. And oftentimes we would get there. So then we'd right. start to get to places where people are like, but it's man, that was really hard. Like that yeah. was really uncomfortable to just be by myself walking. I, my mind wouldn't stop spinning. And that's usually indicative of you needing more oh, yeah, of absolutely. that sort of time well, and, and space. Coming back to the awareness that we talk about literally every show, I think. and Hopefully you guys are aware of that. <laughs> and giving yourself that permission to not have this look a certain way. So that was the biggest hang up I had with something like meditation was that I had this you know, expectation of what it should look like. Journaling was the same. That's the, that's a lot of the reason I've not completely dove into some of these, you know, self-betterment habits was because I had an expectation of what other people thought it should look like or told me it should look like or what they were doing. So yeah. I was like, 
well, if, if my journaling doesn't look like that, then why am I doing it at all? Sure. Or if, if my mind is racing while I'm meditating, I must be doing it wrong. So, you know, it, it's giving yeah. yourself that permission to, one, not be perfect, right? Um, learn along the way and then have the opportunities to kind of reflect and grow as you're doing it. Yeah, you know? and, and to create it. For yourself, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Instead of reaching out and saying, oh, my, let me touch base with the journaling guru and say, is it okay that I wrote about this in right. my journal today? Like, it doesn't matter. Right. The, the point is that you're sitting down and there's value in putting pen to paper and getting your thoughts out. Right. E- even if most of it's nonsense. Mm-hmm. E- even if you go back and you reread it, there's times where like, I'll go back and I'll reread my journal periodically. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck was I talking about? Yeah. This is like, I'm like just going on. I'm like, that made no sense. This whole thing, it, but it it helps to remove the chatter in your mind. Sure. And over time, it it creates an outlet for you, as well as a potential form for creativity, mm-hmm. for problem solving. There's a lot of times where I'll just journal, 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 and it'll be nothing really mm-hmm. useful or profound or anything right. and then all of a sudden i'll have a day where it's just like oh man it, like you come up with a, a bunch of ideas well, and it they, just starts it, lay, layering yeah. together and if i was waiting to say like hey you know let me look at my my specific journal prompts like i'm not allowed to write about this because this right. says to write about three things i'm grateful for and three things right. like, and there's nothing wrong with those formats, especially to get started with something like that. Yeah, but that. That, that's what But again, that's a guide, me. right? That's and, and a coach. That's, that's a guide. And that's what held me up was that I was pigeonholing myself into like following these journal prompts. And a lot of them didn't, didn't resonate with me either at all or that day. Mm-hmm. And I got frustrated instead of just giving myself the permission to just word vomit out onto a page. Yeah. So I think, yeah, looking at where you're doing that. Um, and not giving yourself the opportunity to just show up as your authentic self, which is ultimately what giving yourself permission is. It's right. Like yeah. it's looking like, you know, if you're comfortable cleaning your house and your underwear, but then you go, you know, to the beach with your friends and you put on a t-shirt over your bathing suit because society says you shouldn't have roll like stump rolls on your stomach and wear a two piece bathing suit. Like that's not okay. Right. We need to be able to kind of break through that and give ourselves the permission to authentically show up looking, saying, feeling, doing what we really want to be doing. Right. And that's the whole premise around, you know, breaking down those barriers and getting to this point, I think. Agreed. And granting yourself permission doesn't always have to mean doing the thing that you want to do. It can also be permission to screw up, permission to change your mind. Permission to cut loose once in a while. Start over. Say no. All of those things. Apologize. But where it comes from is a place of self-awareness and intention. You're able to screw up. You're able to have all these and then then look at that. And it's not, this is not a a means to justify that, to say, hey, you know, there's no consequences to be assigned to something that you screwed up with. Oh, no. However, you have the right to screw up and you should. I think it's one of the problems that we have in in our culture right now is that it's really difficult to be wrong, especially in a public forum. Mm-hmm. You can't, I don't want to say you can't because it, it's not true universally, but it's very challenging to just float an idea out there mm-hmm. and have a discussion about it. Absolutely. And, it's, and because it's challenging, that creates fear around it unless people do it. So right. now 
I need to make sure that I go around and I ask permission of many other people within these circles. Or, is this a thing I can and should say? Right? Or, should I say this about my business? I, I just I haven't gotten. I'm sorry. Uh, I haven't gotten all the way through the episode, but I was listening to a recent podcast with uh, Aubrey Marcus and discussing with the CEO of on it the sale of this company that mm-hmm. he helped build and it was interesting because there's they're talking about some of the reasons that it worked and some of the reasons that it came to fruition and the fact that it was never it it was never started with the intention of selling it mm-hmm. and that one of the things that brought people to the brand as a whole was was Aubrey's authenticity and his, what he poured into it, how he represented himself as as the CEO originally of this. And then I, I can't remember the gentleman's name who is now currently the CEO, but uh, when he hired him a couple of years ago, this guy was saying, he's like, there was something very unique about this business because you presented everything. You talked about your life, like everything. And, and Aubrey brought up, he goes, there's a lot of people in my life that said, you should not do this. Like, you should not talk about use of psychedelics. Mm-hmm. You should not talk about spirituality. You should mm-hmm. not talk about polygamy. You should not talk about all mm-hmm. these things yeah. because you are associated with this business and yada, yada, yada. And it was, it's been really interesting to watch the fact that because he did all of those things, I'm sure some people were alienated, right? And the people that were drawn to that realness that raw Mm -hmm. authentic depiction of his life and himself and his thoughts and experiences Mm -hmm. they became raving fans of this company and helped build it to you know to what it became so it's yeah it's interesting that that's an example of someone who did not seek approval or permission from outside Mm -hmm. influence but that's something that happens a lot it's something we've done within our business can i write this on social media can i can it look like this like what if we do it this way and there's been so many times that we've had to relearn a lesson around, man, I had this idea and then because it wasn't told to me by someone who I deem is more successful or knowledgeable about this, we didn't act on it. And now that person that I think is more successful and knowledgeable, they're doing the thing sure. that we talked about sure. three years ago. Yeah. And that we didn't, you know, we started playing around with it and we kind of trashed it because we weren't, yeah. we, we were not confident, we didn't feel like we could give ourselves permission to run with that idea, mm-hmm. right? And I think you see that played out in people's lives on a, a variety of different scales, small and large. Well, I think, I think coming back to social media has a big, a, is a big player in all of this because when you look at someone like an Aubrey Marcus or a lot of these people that have come out vulnerably on mm-hmm. social media, and they're talking about what would be deemed um, uncomfortable or, you know, taboo or, topics. Yeah. Um, people are resonating with them, which is great, but I feel like for that person, it's good for them, but for the people resonating, it's a slippery slope because they're just connecting and they're not necessarily reflecting. So they're like, oh, this resonates with me. Now I've attached myself to this. Now I'm farther down the less giving myself permission unless I go through this channel or talk to these people that also like Aubrey. I'm like you, so I should do whatever you do. Right, right. So I feel like there's, social media just, it 
it's a two-sided coin where it is giving people the opportunity to become more vulnerable, vulnerable and give those people that have these large followings the permission to show up as their, their authentic, truly authentic sure. selves. But then we look at the followers are becoming these minions that just follow along and they are less Some and them, less, yeah. you know, they're less and less authentic. They're just, you know, Aubrey Marcus said I need to take vitamin C, so I take vitamin C and then I need to use a kettlebell, so I use a kettlebell. And then, like, it's just, they become these little robots that follow these people that are showing up authentically. And I think, I think if you're not completely aware of what's happening and really reflecting, like, Am I, am I connected to this person and do I follow this person and do I resonate because I'm truly off, also authentically showing up as myself and we're very similar or I'm going through some similar things and I appreciate his approach? Or is it, I think he's cute or I think he's cool or, whatever. you know, I want to talk about polygamy with my wife and now let's, you know, it's whatever. So, you know, so being able to, to band where it's not, it's not done authentically. I, 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 yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I don't, I don't know if it's fair to cast the idea that a lot of people are doing that, that are like blindly following these influencers. But definitely, there are a number of people who are, right? And I would imagine there's probably more people that are. How would we want to? How would I want to phrase this? Kind of being batted around like a ping pong ball amongst all these various influencers well, that they're say, following so they're seeing they're, and, and then and they're like this is cool this is cool this is cool and they're attaching to all these things and they're not actually taking it in yeah and integrating any of these tools or well, resources or ideas into their life they're, they're just like they're kind of watching again this voyeurism right mm-hmm. we watch from the outside we're like oh wow that person's doing all this cool stuff and they do this and then you get people that will fall into this kind of We've said this before. I like using the analogy of how someone dresses, right? Because I think it's really easy and mm-hmm. uh, for people to visualize and to, to resonate with. So you see someone who's dressed a particular way, right? It, it kind of stands out from your everyday person in the crowd. It's a little weird, whatever it is. But something about it just it just fits them, mm-hmm. right? It just it sits on them right, and you're like, that's a fucking crazy outfit, but man... That dude's pulling it off, or that chick's got it, right? Yeah. And then you see someone, they could even be the exact same kind of build and friend, like all pretty similar person mm-hmm. aesthetically, wearing the exact same thing, but it's just there's something off. And we, I think a lot of people have seen this before. I know I have, where I'm like, man, you are really trying to be that person. Mm-hmm. Like you're trying to be the goth person or the hippie or the whatever so like it immediately <laughs> popped into my mind um a friend chris and he will wear these like i don't know what they what they're even called it's like a blanket with a hole cut in it sort of thing like he'll wear that around his house hanging out and stuff and and it's a thousand percent him mm-hmm. like i'm just like hey what's up man like it just yeah it doesn't strike me as odd. It totally fits him. If I were to put that on and walk around, it would feel weird on me. Yeah. So I know that I would be like that. That I would be well, portraying an image that people are like, "What is Chad doing?" Well, and right that's now? probably why you pick up on those things because those people are, em- like, emitting like beams of uncomfortableness or Correct. being being inauthentic. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so it's 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 interesting because we we see these things. We want to oftentimes emulate someone that we admire, or mm-hmm. you know, and it's not necessarily a malicious thing. I don't think people are generally speaking consciously deciding to give up their ability to choose and their ability to grant themselves permission. I think it typically comes from a place of pain or, or suffering or struggling with, with where they're at in a particular area of their life uh, or life in general. They see someone whom they admire. Mm-hmm. It appears, at least from their perspective, that this person has it all together. Uh, and here's some things that they're... And, and maybe they're sharing a lot of that stuff, like mm-hmm. you said, like with people on social media now, there is some value in being a little bit more real. Even that's tricky because it's kind of real, right? It's still scripted to a degree most of the time, mm-hmm. right? And not to take anything away from anyone who's who's putting vulnerable content out there, but it still has, it, it's not happening in real live time in front of you. So it is curated to some right. degree. Well, and right? I, think, I think that too is a fine line, especially like who you are and what your purpose is on social media. So it's like you're a coach, a lifestyle coach, that's helping people or a spiritual guide helping people move past this stuff. Like if you put on social media like that you've had trauma but you are now past it, people still think that you are credible enough to help them. But if you were like, I am in the shit right now, pay me to help you, like they're like, you haven't figured your own, like I don't know. Well, and I would push back on that on – not necessarily push back, but that is true sometimes. And I think it depends greatly on what the relationship is with that guide or that person I mean, I know, I and don't. where the timeline is. So if I'm... If, if I you don't, know the person, yeah, if, I think it's much different. Yes. If, if I don't know Melissa and I'm looking for a coach for lifestyle and habits and all these sort of things and... Melissa keeps posting about fucking smashing donuts in the middle of and the I night and doing all these things. During the pandemic. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those sort of things. Like, well, I don't know. She seems like she's got her hands full right now. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I don't want to add to that plate, right? Yeah. However, if I start working with you, with Melissa, as a client, and then throughout that process, you share with me times even if they've been, while we've been working together, times that you've slipped, times where you've had oh, yeah. struggles, I mean, I... times where you've just completely let stuff go, right? That becomes really valuable. So it's it's yes. weird because the I timeline, I... it's very timeline dependent, right? Yeah. And yeah. so because of that, people that work in this space, they you have to curate it a little bit. I, I'm not condemning people for curating mm-hmm. their social media. You, you need to, mm-hmm. to some degree at least. Uh, and I think it, I think it genuinely it comes out for most people whether or not what they're doing is is true to them, it's authentic to them, it's their real voice, even if it's been edited, right? And, sure. and it's been moved around a little bit just so it looks nice, right? So it's presentable, yeah. right? We all like to look nice when we go out. There's there's also like there's an idea that, and I journaled about this earlier. There's an idea that that you can be only one thing. I don't think, again, it's not a conscious idea that, that a lot of people think about. But we do have a tendency to fall into that path of thinking just kind of inadvertently. Mm-hmm. Or, oh man, if I get dressed up and fancy and care about how I look, well then I'm not really like a grounded spiritual person. Why? Mm-hmm. I can't be happy about like 
putting out a suit and doing my hair and, and you know and doing this sort of thing if I'm this I can't be that sort of thing and it's like mm-hmm. well that's we fundamentally at some level understand that we're all of these things these mm-hmm. things right we're a combination of things and oftentimes we're a combination of contradictory things mm-hmm. and that's again not an excuse to act inauthentic to yourself but it is a realization to have that we do we embody more than one personality we embody there was i can't remember it now uh dr ferdeman uh, there was a really good interview I was listening to, and he was talking about personalities and this idea behind multiple personality disorder. And he brought up these really great points about: is that really a disorder? We all have multiple personalities; we just call them different things, right? Hmm. I lost my temper. Yeah. I love. Who's your temper? Is it inside of you? Did he run away? No, but it's it's when you you are acting in a way that it's it's a different personality, it's a different you. And he had way better examples than what I just gave, but uh, I'll yeah. see if I can find that. I'll share it in the show notes. Uh, but point being that we are often this combination of things that are seemingly in opposition. Mm-hmm. And I think that I know for myself, I've often felt guilty or wrong because of that, like. How can you be soft and loving and gentle and a bad motherfucker? You can't be. you got to choose. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be aggressive and tough and be able to handle yourself in a fight and carry fucking guns around and do all these other things, then you need to be an asshole all the time. Yeah. All the time. Everyone needs to know that you're a fucking killer, right? Mm-hmm. Or everyone needs to know that you're a hugger. Why can't I be both? Yeah. There's a lot of people that are. There's a lot of people that I admire that are. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right? And I think, again, this is like giving ourselves permission to find what works best for us. Right? This idea of collecting the, uh, a variety of knowledge and experiences, trying them all on, casting away what doesn't fit, what doesn't work for you. And absorbing all the things that do, right? And that's how we start to piece ourselves together. And we give this, and we start to create trust in ourselves, and we give ourselves permission. We know who we are. So we act in accordance with those things. And then it's amazing because when you start to do that from, from the center out, right? When you start to do that within yourself, now other things become a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Your relationships start to become a little bit easier. Your ability to set boundaries with people becomes a little bit easier. Well, your yeah. ability to make choices that that actually serve align. you mm-hmm. and align with what you're mm-hmm. trying to do and what you want in your life, they become a little bit easier. Yeah. Because you you've given yourself permission to say, like, Chad, you do get you get to go home and just go to bed and not go to the birthday party that you're not really feeling like going to or whatever. Right? And I, I using these ideas of, of things that are not necessarily bad, like going to someone's party wouldn't be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But I have the right to say no to that thing and go home because getting a good night's sleep is more important to me and vice versa. Chad, you have the right to go out to dinner with your wife on date night and ask your sister to come over and watch your two insane children so that you guys can have a little bit of time away 
spend some time just adults together in a romantic, fun, intimate setting, um, and be able to go do that. Like, there's, I think we've done a lot better job, you and I, recently of giving that that sort of permission, and I think it's something that's really hard. We don't have a tendency, people in general don't have a tendency to just do it naturally. Cool. Right, we yeah. and it's becoming less and less so because you need a life coach and a business coach and a fitness coach and a nutrition coach and a spiritual coach and all of these coaches. Right. Again, nothing against it. I we have a lot of relationships and friends. We work in this business. Like I think there's insanely talented and valuable people that do all of these things. And there's the slippery slope of someone being beholden to that person, needing someone else to do. To, to make choices for them, to grant them permission to do or not do something. Yeah. And that's where it starts to get really tricky. I mean, how many times have we had calls with, you know, a potential client or a current client and they have this whole plan laid out in front of them of how we can create a solution for them with their health and their fitness and their lifestyle. And they're like, well, I got to ask my husband. I got to ask my wife. Like, you have to ask permission from the person that I'm assuming loves you mm-hmm. to take care of your health. Right? I'm not asking you to make a choice that you're not comfortable with. Right. But what you're doing in that moment is you're forfeiting your power to choose whether or not this is the right solution for me. Why is it your husband or your wife's decision as to whether or not this is the right decision for you? Now, obviously, people discuss finances and that sort of stuff. I understand there's logistics around it. Right, and there's a difference. There's a subtle difference in that. Hey, I'm gonna well, I'm gonna let my husband know that I'm about to spend three thousand dollars. Well, and that's you know right? we, when we've ever ha- been in those situations, we've kind of had that discussion beforehand. Like, Correct. hey, like what are we prepared? Like, if I deem this appropriate or something that I really want to go forward with, what what's my limit? Yeah. Right. So that I don't have to say, you know, I need to go back and talk to my husband. Yeah. Well, and what you're doing there, you're talking about front-loading your understanding of that conversation rather than giving yourself a back door to get the fuck out. Because I don't want what subconsciously what you're saying when you when you give yourself that back door and you ask you have to ask someone else's permission to make a decision or spend money or whatever mm-hmm. it is. You are relinquishing your own personal accountability, your own personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. I'd love to do this, but I got I can't. I gotta ask my husband. Right. Right. It's not it's not my fault. I would do it in a heartbeat. Right? If it were up to me. Right. And we It legit- fucking is up to you. Yeah. It's all up to you. Your whole life is up to you. Right? It's not up to someone else. And there's a there there I think you hit the nail on the head. Stepping into that conversation, understanding there's been a number of times where you and I have made very large investments in terms of our especially with owning a business. Mm-hmm. Right. But even in our personal lives and, and working with coaches and stuff like that um, on a personal level, we do discuss it ahead of time because we're stepping into this conversation like it matters. And when push comes to shove and I, I have the opportunity to push the go button, if everything makes sense, I want to push the fucking go button because right. it, it it's something that I need and I've given myself permission. So we'll sit down and say, how much do you think this costs, even if we don't know? Right. And we'll estimate. Most of the time, we're pretty accurate. Well, and even if we haven't, there's been times where we haven't had a, a full discussion about it, but we've gone into the conversation with, 
you know, an understanding of what is irresponsible and what isn't, right? Like what isn't appropriate just for our lifestyle. But where we have pulled the trigger without that conversation and we've come back to each other and said, yeah, you know, this. I did this with without being apologetic yeah. and owning up and giving yourself that permission and saying like, this was a really good opportunity. It wasn't an irresponsible decision for us financially. It maybe was a little more than we want to spend, but it's not, doesn't, can't, we can still pay our mortgage next month, yeah. right? Um, it was uncomfortable, it not was unco- irresponsible. Yeah. And, you know, I, I decided to do it. You know, I apologize if that offends you or upsets you that I didn't talk to you about it, but I'm not sorry for making the decision, right? And giving yourself that permission to be a grown-up. Yeah. You know, also. Well, yeah, and, and th- that harkens to the whole idea of ask forgiveness, not permission, which was basically a rule I lived by for most of my life and still oftentimes do, uh, is, you know, ask for forgiveness is far easier than permission, it just is in most circumstances. And it doesn't mean to be reckless or careless or not give a shit about people. And I've definitely done that. Um, but to your point, I think what you're pointing at is we've had enough of these conversations where I know if I'm going to do something, I know if you're going to be like, hey, that's not a good idea. Yeah. Right? And, and vice versa, where we go do where we do that. And we know what's going to put us yeah. in a bind where is this worth it? Is this what is this going to change? Yeah. For our lives. Would Melissa be on board? Would this be a, yeah, go ahead, honey. Then, and I have a real honest conversation with myself about that whenever I make those sort of choices. And if I truly believe that it would be a, yeah, go ahead, honey, then I just fucking do it. Right. Right. I don't, I don't, right. well, hold on a second. Let me call my wife, well, chat it over with her. We yeah. can plan out our yearly budget and see how this fits in. Like, no, we've made the decision, right? right. And, and money is a big one that people are asking permission for, right? Yeah. And I think it's easy for people to wrap their heads around that one, but money is energy. So it's yeah. just like, it's it's no different than asking for permission for you to be able to get up early and for your husband to, to hang and make breakfast for the kids a couple of days a week so that you can go and do a morning workout because you both enjoy that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think we've kind of inadvertently hit, hit something here with the asking permission, like especially as couples are in some sort of like family dynamic where the words you use is really important. So like, I think sometimes people ask, don't, or they ask for permission because they truly don't know what to do for themselves because they've relinquished that much power. Sure. Right. But then there's this other side to asking permission where they really don't want to do something and they don't want to take the blame for it. Yeah. Right. So it's like, oh, my friend asked me to go have drinks with her or girls night is next week and I really don't want to go. So I'm going to ask my husband. Right. And he's going to say no. Right. (laughs) Instead of just saying, instead of just saying, I don't want to do that. Yes. Right? So we're putting this onus, and it's kind of the same concept. We're, we're relinquishing that power. Sure. But it makes us look like, the oh, victim. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Not my fault. My, you know. Um, and think about down the downstream effects of that. Yeah. I mean, how many friends have we had who, it, it's it happened several times at least in, in my life, and I know some of these are mutual friends as well, um, so for since we've known each other, where you're like, oh, my God, Johnny's wife is... Such a pain in the ass. She never lets him do anything. And, and then, then you, you finally have... then you finally meet Johnny's wife and you're like, 
she's not a pain in the ass, and she actually denied everything that he fucking said about him, like, saying that she right. didn't want him to go anywhere. Like, right. <laughs> he's just full of shit. Like, he just didn't want to go. Right. You know, and then you're like, well, Jesus, if I had never had that conversation with her, I would have just kept going on and be like, ah, she sucks. She just want, you know, and how many times we, I, everyone can relate. And then you're like, wow, I think my friend Johnny sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone can relate to that. It's like, yeah. you're, there's unintended consequences with that behavior, and you're 100% right. Ultimately, you're still giving up your ability to make a choice. And it's the same thing with when we talk about someone investing in their health or their personal development or their business. And it's like, well, let me talk it over with so-and-so. Like, I've done that. I've done that with, like, you know, business opportunities in the past. I'm like, let me talk it over with Melissa. I don't really anymore. Now I'm like, I already talked it over with her. <laughs> if I, if, yeah. if everything seems to align, yeah. then we're ready to pull the trigger today, right? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I, I'm sure when someone sells us something, they love that about us. Um, but I think it's valuable for us too in that we're, we're not well, feeling like, you know, when you do something like that, you there's a feeling that you get sure. where you're like, I just fucking lied. Well, I and, just lied about that. <laughs> I said, let me ask Melissa. And then I'm like, she said no. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, you know, looking at the language, coming back to, like, we've talked about language a million times, but looking at the language you're using, like, instead of saying, you know, I need to talk to Chad to see if I can do that, mm. right, or I need to ask my husband, saying, I'm in. I would love to do this. Let me confirm that the time works for Chad if it doesn't. We might have to push it a half hour, right? 100%. Saying that as opposed to let me ask if it's okay if I go to girls' night, and right? in both of those scenarios, you may be seeking the exact same information. Right, but it's it just, it, it feels a lot more powerful when you say, I'd love to come to girls' night. I'm in. Let me see if 6.30 works. If not, we might have to push it to 7. I might be a few minutes late or whatever. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know? And you're 100% right. It changes how you feel, right? You are you personally are more empowered mm-hmm. by using that sort of language around giving yourself permission and control over your actions and your mm-hmm. choices. You're not degrading the other person in this scenario. Yeah. You're showing respect for that person. So now the the person that you're talking to is like, "Oh wow, Melissa and Chad have a good respectful relationship they may not like verbalize that right but in the back of their head like oh okay cool yeah she's gonna check with him right rather than oh chad's the permission grant he's a fucking <laughs> gatekeeper of melissa's socials calendar right you know and, and then three you're letting the person know that you are honest about whether you want to do something or not right so that the next time when they call and you really don't want to, or you really truly can't. You have a conflict or something mm-hmm. along those lines, and you say that, they're like, okay, cool. As opposed to like, oh, that fucking Melissa can never do it. She always says no. <laughs> yeah. She always asks Chad, and then Chad always says no, because right. Chad's an asshole, and <laughs> Melissa can't do anything. <laughs> like, right. And so it's it's really interesting that you can, again, this, the, the concept or the theme of language is so interwoven into everything that, that we do and it's so subtle mm-hmm. right I mean that was a, such a great example of something that could be you're you're taking the exact same action right just verifying schedules and making sure that the time that you're committing to can work mm-hmm. right that you're doing the exact same thing but one way it deliver it's delivered in a way that's empowering and shows a respectful relationship and shows honesty between you and your your friend. And the other way is, oh, you know, 
you are not empowered, you're controlled, that your significant other, whomever, whomever you're asking permission to, that they are controlling and that they don't trust you or they don't, you know, that, that you don't have this good relationship and that the person asking you is like, I don't know, I feel like Melissa is kind of full of shit half the time when I ask her to do so. Like there's yeah. now there's a lack of trust. It's eroded. It's a little, it's not subtle. Yeah. Or I mean, it's, it's, it's not like major. It's very subtle, right? But it's there. And if you can imagine now doing that for the entirety of your life in terms of every time you have you have a conversation with someone verbalizing mm-hmm. it that way it starts to eat away at who you are that's those are these are little subtle things that we pick up on and it's been really interesting to notice that especially over the last couple of years for myself because for the longest time i i really believed that i was just good at reading people and that it was just kind of a weird anomaly thing. And as I've gotten older, I've come to realize that there's a reason behind that. There's a reason that I'm good at, at reading people. So a lot of it has to do with my upbringing and my experiences as a child and as a young man. And those sort of things really fed into a level of hypervigilance and hyper-awareness that is maybe tuned up a little bit more than, than the average person. But then the other piece of that is coming back to recognizing that just simple awareness, intention, and being sensitive to what's happening around you, to the energy in the room, to the energy from a certain person, for little things, eye contact, whether they feel comfortable in their seat, you know, just talking about the, the clothing thing before, all of those things start to, they start to come together and we realize like, oh, this is why I get the vibe from Johnny that he's full of shit that he can never do anything, right? Or this is why I get the vibe from Susie that she's just a victim Mm -hmm. because everything's not her fault and it says, oh, I can't do this. I really want to get my health in check, but, you know, I'm busy. What the fuck are you doing later? Like, when are you not busy? Because this is your one body and your one life that you get, at least in this current moment, right? right? It's like, you're busy doing... What exactly, mm-hmm. you know, and it, again, not to say that people aren't busy, but shit, I say that and there's a lot of times I'm not doing a fucking thing. <laughs> so like, it, we just need to be a little bit more realistic with it and stop giving up, giving up our ability to choose and our ability to say, you know, is this, is this something that I need? Is this someone that I need? Is this an action that I need to take? Mm-hmm. And if it is. Do it. Yeah. Get it. Keep that person in your life. They do those things because that will make you feel better versus you saying, looking to someone else to externally to validate your choice. And then mm-hmm. even if you do the exact same thing, right? Should I run three times a week? I don't know. You're humming and hawing. You reach out to your fitness coach. Should I run three times a week? And they're like, yeah. You're still not going to feel as good about that. Mm-hmm. If you had to wait for someone else, some other gatekeeper to tell you to do it, right? And this is, again, I, I want to make sure that I'm clear. I, I'm not saying that those people don't have value and they, they don't serve a purpose. Like, we are some of those people, I mean, right? And I'm also not saying that you as a client, when you're working with a coach or a guide, that you shouldn't, like, talk to them. But going back to your example before, there's a difference in how you phrase that to your coach 
if you're asking them to grant you permission to well, do and, this thing versus like, you saying, I'd really like to start running a couple times a week. How could we integrate that into our training plan? Exactly, right? Using language. Instead of saying, I'm thinking about running. Can I start running? Or do you think I should start running? Saying, I'd like to start running two to three times a week. Can we find a way to make that most effective and appropriate for my goals? Yeah. And right? maybe your coach comes back and says, you know what? We've been working on some knee and ankle injury stuff and let's start with one day. But now I know that you're looking to do more and we're going to build you up right. to that. It's so now, again, it's opening up communication pathways so that you can get the things that you want and need in your life and you asked for it. Right. Giving giving yourself permission to actually say what you want or what you need. Yeah, it doesn't always mean that you're going to get it 100% back, no. right? But it, like you said before, it starts that cycle of trusting yourself well, and it, being able to kind of slow drip those things out. And then everything just becomes easier. And the energy flowing back to you is more in a line with how you really, truly, authentically show up. Yeah. You have your hands on the steering wheel hmm? when you're doing that. It doesn't mean that you're, you can't control the road. Right? You can't control it, but, but you're making choices. You're not just hands in your lap, let Jesus take well, yeah. the wheel, stepping yeah. on the gas. And I think, right? I, I want to make sure that people don't walk away from this conversation thinking that, like, you should just make all your own decisions and never talk to anybody about anything. No. Right? Like, seeking out advice or counsel or a mentor is great. But coming back... Necessary, I right. would say. Not beyond yeah. great, it's necessary. Yeah. It's something that and we coming... don't have in our yeah. society. Yeah. But just coming back to that awareness piece, that language piece, that, you know, being able to reflect back and saying, okay, is what this person said in a line with what I truly want? Or am I just f blindly following because they told me to do this? Yeah. What are you right? asking for? Are you asking for guidance, support, challenge, yeah. those sort of things? Or are you asking for a playbook and specific directions, right? Do you want to be, do you right. want to be controlled? Right. Or are you seeking someone out who has more experience in a particular area than you mm -hmm. do. And here are my ideas. What are your thoughts? Right. Let's go back and forth yeah. on this so I can figure out what makes Coming, sense yeah. for me Making in my sure life. Making sure you're coming to the conversation, quote unquote, prepared, right? So saying, I've been thinking about this. Here's, here are my thoughts. Can you be a sounding board just to kind of poke some holes and make sure that I'm on the right track or there's not anything I'm missing? Sure. Great. As opposed to... Like we said before, I want to do this, or I want to start this, or, you know, and then have them be like, sure, three days a week, 20 minutes, do put your shoes on, go, you know, um, as opposed to just giving feedback that you can then digest and, and you know, really reflect on what you need it to be. Yeah, and, and I think there's a, it's a difference between you being kind of a leaf in the wind and whatever advice you get or whatever thing happens around you in your yeah. life, other person, that it just, it pushes you around, yeah. right? I think also making sure that you, like, are confident. Like, I, we know some people that have made, truly made a choice, but they ask seven people just to gather kind of thoughts, and then they come back to the original decision, right? Yeah. So... I think also just being... Shout out to Matt Perino. <laughs> Come on. I wasn't going to say his name. Um, we love you, Matt. Being able to 
be confident, like right out of the gate and saying, if this is something that I truly want, or I know would be, you know, an important piece of my life or my journey, owning that and not seeking out outside validation for that. Yeah. And if, if what you are looking for is just a sounding board and conversation, sure. then again, it comes back to language and how you're acquiring that, that, that sounding board or that little session of being able to chat it out in your head. That's, I know that that's really helpful for me. I'll talk to people about the same topic a lot because it just, it helps me to solidify my train of thought, but I'm not asking them what they think about it necessarily. Right. I'm, I'm just talking to them about the topic. And again, it, it could be the same end result that I'm looking at. Yeah. But when I step into those conversations, if I'm asking, do you think I should do this? Well, then I start to sound like someone who lacks confidence and is looking for someone to tell me what to do. Mm -hmm. Like, I need a master. I need someone to to tell me my every step of the way. Right. And one of the things I was going to bring up earlier, and I didn't want to in interrupt you, is that within our society right now, when we talk about the, the, the fact that people who are coaches and guides and mentors, that they are valuable, right? One of the reasons that they're valuable is that we don't have a wise elder in our lives many times, most of us, right? When we think about real communities over the history of the human race, you had these this generational wisdom that was passed down, mm -hmm. you know, from one generation to the next. So you, you had built-in mentorship. Mm -hmm. You had built-in guides, that were just a part of your life, that's more and more rare for more and more people now. There's fewer people, or I'm sorry, there's more people that move away from their families. There's more people yeah. that live, you know, across the country from one another, sometimes across the globe. And so we we don't have, and our experiences I was gonna say, do you are think so like, vastly different and they've grown that. so much that yeah. it's virtually impossible how could you even if we had this in place that we had this system we still had well, the system like of wise elders as... how could they know right about everything that that you might want to yeah. pursue in your life right and this is my point is that because of the erosion of that that kind of system mm -hmm. that was once in place in our you know in our family units in our towns in our little tribes that's gone away in many cases not completely there's certainly places where it still exists um, but because that's gone away and the complexity of the world and the things that we have access to has exploded exponentially, the value of having a coach or a guide or a mentor in whatever facet of life that you're currently focused on mm -hmm. is, is really high because of those two things. Because e even if we had that mentorship kind of built into our communities, into our families and our homes, there's still no way for that that one wise elder, that that one family guide to know everything about all these different various industries and technology and this. Right. Like, there's just too many things right. for for one person to really have a deep, deep understanding. Well, and, and even like our generation to our parents' generation. Like how many people oh, how many people stayed home with their kids? That was just what they did. There wasn't this, you know, working parent you know, um, scenario, there wasn't social media, you know, I can't talk to my mom about like, how do you raise a teenager on social media? Yeah. I mean, she hit it a little bit with my last sister, but you know, 
for the most part, it, there's a yeah technical technological really. advances has really. I mean, Janine was what yeah. seventeen when when social media first started to like really pick up. Maybe a little mm-hmm. younger, but either way, mm-hmm. um, yeah. The yeah. point point being is that the these resources and these these mentors, these guides, these coaches, they they are valuable, mm-hmm. and we as as clients as the consumer end of that relationship. We need to understand that it is a relationship. It's not transactional. And I think that's part of the struggle that a lot of people have is I'm paying you for your permission, or in this case, we'll say your prescription of what I should be doing for whatever, food, exercise, business, my relationship, right? I'm paying you for this. So it feels like this transactional thing. I give you money, you give me this thing, right? Yeah. And... That's a really easy relationship for us to understand. We go to the grocery store, I give you money, I get my milk, right? Or whatever it is that I'm buying. I don't know why I said milk. <laughs> but that's a really simple, clean way for us to understand a, a relationship and, mm-hmm. and using money as energy to put into something. We get this tangible thing and we go about our business, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas when we apply this to this coaching field, which has grown exponentially, in the last you know decade or so it's a little bit trickier because what you really are investing in is a guide you're investing in someone who knows the path a little better than you do mm-hmm. or maybe a lot better than you do kind of depends on mm-hmm. your situation and what you're looking at doing right and someone who can empathize and understand you and meet you where you're at, where you're at mm-hmm. to help you avoid some of the pitfalls that are in that path that they fell into. That's ultimately what you're paying for. Whether that person works in the fitness industry or you know mental health or mm-hmm. what, doesn't matter, right? You're paying for their experience and their expertise, mm-hmm. which is a weird thing because what we're used to paying for are very transactional things and products that we get right. to take with us. Right, and that's a hard thing for people to wrap their head around. Why would I pay? This seems like a lot of money. Well, I don't know. How much is your life worth? How much would it be worth for you to not be in pain every day when you wake up? Yeah. How much would it be worth for whatever X Y Z? All of these different things that, depending on what the coach works on, what they're bringing into your life, what is that worth? Mm-hmm. And understand that ultimately you're paying me to help you decide what you already know you should be doing and then for you to do it mm-hmm. which sounds kind of odd and like like well why would i do that because sometimes we're not able to wrap our head around taking action on things we know we should mm-hmm. right maybe we lack confidence we lack clear vision we lack understanding of technical skills necessary to accomplish the goal whatever the case may be there's something that we're there's just some missing pieces and that's why you're paying that guide or that coach or that mentor and i think that's where a lot of people get hung up with the cost they're looking at it in this moment i'm paying you this much for this hour or this Mm -hmm. 12-week block or this year long whatever it is that they're paying for right and they're saying what do i get during that time it's more like an investment. Mm-hmm. What do you get for the next 30 years, 40 years, 50 years that you're alive as a result of doing this? Mm-hmm. Right? And that can sound somewhat grandiose for some people. But the reality is, like, I'm sure if we all, all of you listening, if you and I took a moment and we 
stepped back and we thought about simple pieces of advice, whether it was from a coach that we paid to work with or just a friend or someone that we viewed as, as you know, a mentor, something that they gave us, some piece of advice that they gave us that we still implement to this day, even if it's years later. And how has it changed our life for the better or maybe the worse? Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that that impact can last for the rest of your life. And that's ultimately what you're paying for, right? You go, you work with a fitness professional. What you should get out of that relationship is definitely in the moment, some interpersonal connection, guidance on how you move, increasing your strength, yada, yada, yada. All these little things you should be getting in the moment. But ultimately... As that relationship progresses, you should be building confidence and understanding mm-hmm. around your physical body, how to move it, how to take care of it, how to train it, what feels good, what doesn't, what is likely to hurt you, what's not. And then you take those skills mm-hmm. and apply them forever. Right. Right. And there's certainly people, and fitness is a really easy one to pick on because it's just, it's very on the nose. Um, there's certainly people in that field that don't approach their job like that, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, I need to keep this fucking client forever. How old are you, 42? I got you at least 40 years. Uh, like, we'll do three sessions a week for the next 40 years. That sounds like fucking torture to me. And I know when we talk to just both ourselves personally and when we talk to our coaches within Kinetics, the goal is always to graduate someone or, or exit them from quote unquote needing mm-hmm. to have the coach or the trainer there. Now, if they want to, because they enjoy the company or just it helps them keep it on their schedule, whatever the case may be, fine. That's always available. You don't have to force someone out. But the point being is our goal should be, and good mentors, good guides, good coaches, their goal is always to create a scenario where you learn as much as you can from them and then you get the fuck out of there Mm -hmm. and you go and you apply that forever. And that's what you're investing in. You're investing in the decades to follow, not the three months of action that you're taking. Right. Right. And by doing that, you create confidence, you create decisiveness, you create your own ability to grant yourself permission to do the things that you've learned how to do you understand how they impact you. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm going to give myself permission to eat ice cream tonight. I know I'll have the shits tomorrow or whatever the thing, you know. Or I'm going to give myself permission to brush my teeth and start my fast and do this thing, whatever, you know, whatever the thing sure. might be. I'm making that choice. I'm creating personal accountability and I'm not asking someone else. I'm not looking to my spouse and saying, honey, can I have ice cream tonight? I don't give a shit, you know, have it, whatever, right? You're, you're being able, you're stepping into this place where now you can make those choices for yourself and fuck, it feels so much better. And I feel genuinely bad for people that aren't in that position. Mm -hmm. When I hear someone on the phone, you know, if you're doing a a discovery call or one of our other coaches and they're like, oh, I don't know. And they ask, they're like, well, I got to ask and see if this works. I got to ask my husband or my wife or whatever. There's just like an immediate reaction in me where you can almost hear it where it's like, you don't even care 
enough about your own personal health or you haven't cultivated enough trust in yourself to believe that you can make a good choice right. or you believe that if you make this choice, you won't follow through and do the work, right? So there's, there's something missing in that transact or in that conversation. And it's, it makes me feel bad for that person because the other side of that, at some point, they just got to make, they got to start making that sort of choice because the other side of that, as you mentioned before, it just gets better and better. You're more informed, you're more empowered, you're more in control. So you own your decisions, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. You own your mistakes and you own your successes. It's all yours and it's all valuable. Yes. I love it. What else do you have for us? Any any parting words of wisdom from Melissa on permission? No, I think we talked about a lot of great stuff. I think, I mean, we keep coming back to a lot of the same things. Awareness. Trust in yourself, language you use. I think I hope people that can start to recognize those themes and how powerful all of those things are to pretty much everywhere in your life. Yeah, and and be excited about it. I mean, yeah. the, the I thing mean, this is should the, be, this the should commonality be of it is exciting because then it's like, wait a second. I have control. If I fix my language in this area, it also helps this, this, and this. If I do this over here, if I start fostering and creating awareness in general, when I sit and meditate, that starts to spill over into general awareness everywhere else in my in my mm-hmm. life. And then I start to notice things that are fucked up that I want to switch. Or I start to notice things that I love that I was like not paying close attention yeah. to. Right? And I bring more of that into my life. Exactly. Yeah. And so like it while it can f- sound and seem redundant sometimes. To bring it back to awareness and intention and permission or personal accountability, however you want to mm-hmm. uh, to categorize that, it can seem redundant to come back to these things. But the reality is because they all work mm-hmm. and they all impact every area of your life that matters to you. Yeah, they impact your physical health and your mental and emotional health. They impact your professional career, your relationships with other people. Your like your relationship with yourself, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All of those things become impacted by these same commonalities. And if we can wrap our heads around becoming excited about the fact that there's really only a handful of things that we need to work on, and the other shit will fall into place because mm-hmm. they're cascade. These are cascading habits or uh, thought patterns or beliefs, right? If I am an aware person, I'm going to be more aware of all the things that I need to do more of and less of and things Mm -hmm. that I want and don't want, right? If I'm an intentional person, I'm by definition taking more responsibility for my actions, whether they work out exactly how I intended them to or not, right? right? And by doing all of these things, now my life just all of a sudden starts to click in these ways that it didn't feel like it did before. I think a lot of people are struggling right now because – they feel like that leaf in the wind. They feel disempowered. They feel like they have to win. I can't afford and to make any of these changes. I can't afford a coach right now, so I can't make... To make your, any of these changes. Your sister. I know we're going to spill into another little sidebar here, but your sister the other night, you guys had, were having a really great conversation, but there was something that, that struck me that I was like, no, where you guys were talking about just the course of the last um, year or so with the pandemic, and you brought up that, you know, that we have had a very transformative year 
and that while it's been incredibly difficult, that it's also been a great year. I mean, on paper, there's a lot of things that were not wonderful about this last year, right? But overall, you and I are both in a really great place, not only as husband and wife, but just as human beings in general, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not to say that the year was not without struggle. I would imagine that our year was probably middle of the pack in terms of the general experience in this country. There's people that had it a lot worse and people that had it a lot better. Um, But the point is, is that there was time and space almost forced upon people to bring some awareness and to change some things in your life. And we took advantage of it and not everyone Mm -hmm. did. And that that made you sad. And, you know, your sister was quick to point out, like, well, not everyone had the ability to do that. Bullshit. Bullshit. Not everyone had the ability to do that in the same way that we did. But I, I love the point that you brought up when you're like, everyone could have gone to bed earlier or got more sleep, however you define that. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone could have done that. Everyone could have chosen to consume less alcohol, not more. Right? Everyone could have chosen to go for a walk every day. Mm-hmm. I talked to a fucking thousand year old man at the park a few months ago who was like, I started walking every day, March 13th of, or March 18th, whatever. It was like a couple days after everything got shut down. Mm-hmm. Like, 2020, I've been out every day, rain or shine, good snow. And I'm like, good for you. And, you know, and he's out there doing it. Like he, there's things that it's not necessarily, it doesn't mean you have to leave your husband and quit your job and sell you like it doesn't have to be these monumental things that you could have done during that time but you have this this agency this ability to to choose for yourself and it might just be small things given the other parameters and the situation on your life but i think that's so that statement from her was so indicative of where people are at right now where it's like well what am i supposed to do i can't do anything right i'm broke and i lost my job that's fucking terrible that sucks. My heart goes out to you. Growing up poor is shitty. And I couldn't imagine being the parent figure that's already struggling. And then everything's pulled out from underneath them. Yeah. Horrible. That doesn't mean that, that everything's outside of your control. That you can't control at least some things in your life. And that you can't mm-hmm. make choices and give yourself permission to work on it and to be better and to improve. It doesn't mean that. It's difficult, mm-hmm. but it's there. Yeah. I love it. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate We always appreciate you guys listening to our, our rantings and our conversations <laughs> on here. Um, go out today. Give yourself permission to do something scary. Give yourself permission to do something for you. And give yourself permission to mess it up, or to succeed. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. We really appreciate the support. Love having you guys here. Please drop us a line on Instagram. Let us know if there's a topic or a person that you'd love to hear about or hear from. And as usual, please subscribe, 
to the podcast, share this podcast with friends and family so we can grow the people that we impact and the people that we reach with our messages. Thanks. We love you all. Have a great one.